Oh hi, long time no talk. I've been away for a while, getting into obscure metal, probably stuff you've never heard of. It's cool. What? You don't like it? Screw you then I don't need you. Go yell at James about Odo or something then. I don't care what you think. Okay I do it's time for the rules of acquisition I'm sorry. Alright. Hello and welcome to... That's how you do it. The Rules of Acquisition. A podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The most serialized of all your alien hookup shows. My name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys, I can hear you booing through the podcast, okay? Uh, you don't have to hate me. I'll like Odo. That's coming later, right? Uh, <laughs> no, they've already heard the Odo episode. <laughs> oh, that's right. Also, James Nolan hey and Hugh Crawford. Hey, how we doing? I am a little bit loopy today, but otherwise fine. All right. Yeah, I don't well, think loopiness is a is a good personality to match to this this very severe episode. Oh, right, right. We're uh, watching an episode called what? Favor the Bold. Yes, this is uh, episode five of season six. It originally aired October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, and here is the quick IMDb description. Cisco mounts an attack to retake DS9, while Rom faces charges as an enemy of the Dominion State. Um, this is really a direct sequel to last week's episode, yeah. which we talked with at length. Yes, May- and maybe sort of infamously. And there's a, and it ends in media in the medium of a store in the middle of a thing. So yeah, we're kind of seeing a second. This is the episode we're talking tonight is really a second act. Yes. Yeah, and it's part of like a six episode art kicking off this season, right? Yeah, like they're second arcs, but they're not all of a of a same similar of a same plot structure. Right, right. Cuz you have these little mini yeah, you like the yeah. But these three, he's right, like they do seem to break down all of the issues that happened last week or open into this week and Yeah, yeah. So, and I forgot what we talked about last week um it's like how much you love dodo he's treated well his character's great <laughs> i think odo's definitely handled uh back on track uh no i uh I, I think i had the i i think i made the bold statement that i am now only more sure of just to get it out of the way that odo is a broken character uh, and and <laughs> I now I now feel the same way about him as Hugh does about the Maquis. So or as uh, Wade does about that Worf scene. About that Worf scene. No, let I me mean... let me unpack it. I think I think this is what I'm afraid of happening, and and I I kind of suspect this will be the case. The arc that we are in right now, we're in the thick of at this very moment, is one of the best of the entire series. Are we agreed on that at least? Yes, okay. most I do, yes. I was going to say, I really like this episode, too. I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Well... I'll just get that out I of the way. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to say. You can not like Odo or what they do with him, because, honestly, I don't really think they treat him very well. It's kind of weak sauce a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I do like this episode and this arc. Okay, well, my, my larger point, real quick, before we get into this episode... What we've got coming up, we have probably two stone-cold classic episodes coming up after this storyline. 
Like, oh yeah, best yeah. of the best. We have two that I can think of that are really best of the best episodes in all of Star Trek. Like two of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we have uh, a character that is written off a certain way, and then we have a character that is treated differently, mm-hmm. and, and and his status changes. And then we've got two characters that couple up. And that changes things. Mm-hmm. So what I'm, I'm afraid of, is that we have, maybe it's not as good coming up as as I had thought. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. I'm, and what I'm worried about, just in general, that Star Trek Deep Space Nine has not wowed me as much. Like if, if what's proportionate? Have I been wowed more than I've been disappointed? Or have I been d- disappointed more than I've been wowed? Just the sheer number of things. From a talking about it from a podcast perspective, like all criticism, it's it's there's more meat in talking about what's broken or what doesn't work because it's more you know when you when you have a car when you have like a ten year old car you don't drive around talking about how the brake lights have never went out. You talk about the things that, this, sure. that breaks down on the car all the time. So, I mean, it's just that nature that you want to talk about the broken pieces. You don't talk about the things that work well because they're supposed to work well in a a great show. There is a little bit of that, but I think we are. I I think whenever I talk about what what works well, I think I think we I think we do that. I try to because we appreciate it. (laughs) We appreciate it. That's my point. Yeah, and it's like yeah. arguing about a car not having the same engine, like a Prius not having the same engine as a mo- a car from yesteryear. Well, it's like you have an extended metaphor, <laughs> and then you have three people talking about it in different ways. <laughs> well, it's well, sort of like that. I think it's like if you have one metaphor, and then you mix in another metaphor in on top of it. Kind on- of. You're talking about mixing, and I'm talking about extending. But yeah, it's sort of like that. No, um, okay, so it's something to keep an eye on. That's all. That's my point in this podcast. Yeah. Like, is is are we getting more out of Deep Space Nine than than we thought, or or uh, or, right. or not? And, and sometimes, and this uh, this whole Odo thing has got me wondering about that. Right. Well, for me, it's also like there's things that the show is doing now that it wasn't really doing before. And that I think is honestly kind of remarkable for where it exists in history and whatnot in the time. Like there's things that it's doing on a structural level that I think are kind of interesting. But then there's also character things that they're doing, which they're going down along a road that maybe is not the best. And then there's even people that will argue against it from a Star Trek Trekkie nerd perspective, like, hey, what they did with this character, or yeah. other Roddenberry issues. There's a lot of different angles to criticize it, I guess. There is a... Okay, so for contrast, I mean, I, I'm mostly going to be positive towards this episode. There is a scene in this episode where a character does something, addresses a topic to people. It's the ROM scene, where it was so electric and chilling from like because of the journey I've went on with the character mm-hmm. and it was so righteous and I was so with him in that moment that I, I was like, this is, this is why this show's great. Yeah. This character, this character right here, like what's going on in this scene is why the show's great. 
And I will use that in contrast to say, I, that's how I know that the Odo stuff is broken. That's how I know. Because they get it right here. And they get it right with Kira in the last episode when she's on the balcony and she's narrating Damar's befuddlement by losing the his iPad. I thought that was really, really executed. And I think that the glee that Nana Visitor brought to that was really kind of chilling and exciting. And I think that the way Rom addresses his family mm-hmm. in this episode is equally like chilling. It, it is, it is, it, it's true leadership in the way that like we, you know, you want from a show about space good guys right, right. fighting space bad guys. Uh, yeah. Do we want to just get into it? Start breaking it down? Yeah. Yeah. We can get into it. But I'm, I guess, but my, my overall point is, is that they are marbled in, mm-hmm. but it is marbled. Oh, yeah. And I think at the end of the day, is this piece too, is this even at this late hour? I think we've always worked the podcast under the assumption that it's all going to come together in a tapest in a perfect tapestry. Right. And maybe that, maybe that tapestry isn't. It's a little bit frayed. Maybe. That, perfect that's what I was worried about. I felt like mm-hmm. when we were in season one, we were like, it gets better pretty quick. And then season two rolled yeah. around. We're like, well, it hasn't, what's up guys? It hasn't gotten better. <laughs> and then, and then season three rolls around. We're like, oh yes, I remember when it gets better. It gets better in season five. <laughs> and then we're like, ah, yes, yes, season five. And then season five came around, mm-hmm. and we were, we were pretty happy, but then we were still rubbing our hands again. We're like, you know what? The Dominion War is the shit. And then we're, yeah, now yeah, here yeah. we are in the thick of it, and and Odo's banging his goo grandma, and it's <laughs> and, and it's weird. And so, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I love, well, I don't, Love it, but there's things I actually like about the Odo goose egg stuff. I mean, all right, yeah, we need to unpack all of this again. There's there's yeah. aspects I like. I don't love it, but there's some character tweaks that I think are okay. You just watched it with your pants around your ankles four times, but other than <laughs> yeah. that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my girlfriend hated that much, but yeah, <laughs> she left after the second time. She's like, I can't yeah. watch you so do this it, again. Tell me, tell me, tell me that, tell me that your girlfriend, because we're, we're intensely not naming our our spouses uh, or uh, uh-huh. partners. Uh, yeah, so um, your girlfriend, did she watch the the Odo? Salome Jen stuff? Yeah. What, what did she think about it? I mean, she was like, ew, that's gross. Huh? That's, yeah. There's she's something like Don, about Don it. Don that Draper is... in, the, in the elevator. Not She's not thinking about it at all. <laughs> right, a, a little bit. She's like, yeah, that's gross. Or what the fuck are you thinking? Why would we want to watch this? <laughs> no, she didn't have that response. I mean, she barely cares at all about any of this. But, mm-hmm. but she mostly liked this episode and what she watched before she went to go wash her hair or whatever. <laughs> she liked it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do the work. Uh, what, what does Rick and Morty say? Do the work of living. <laughs> I'm not thrilled by wiping my ass or brushing <laughs> my teeth, but it's work and I do it. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So or, let's go through this episode. There's a lot to go through, but then like not a lot to go through also. Right. Because so. it doesn't really resolve. Yeah, Yeah. well, it starts yeah. off, they're setting up in the cold open, they're doing a distress signal trap for the Jim Hadar with Captain Dax, and the Rataran comes in, and Dax is all, maybe next time I'll rescue you, Worf, because, you know, 
Dax is a strong female character and, you know, she gets saved, but she doesn't have to be saved. It's making a point to not make her just a damsel in distress, which I think maybe that's heavy handed, but, you know, it shows good for doing it. So then they kill a bunch of Jim Hadar and then they go back home to Ham Sandwich uh, Home Base. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then Bashir doesn't get a whole lot, but his role now is that he's the pessimist, I guess. He's he's all hell conquering dominion. All, all told, and we're gonna talk about like Bashir swapping roles and stuff later, but like all told I still hate Bashir. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. He's a totally different character than he ever has been. He is, and, but I hate. But the, no okay, let's hate let's some let's unpack. Remain the same. No, real, real quick, <laughs> a, a quick observation. His intellect. He can now the facade of of uh, not being genetically, or just be the facade of being like everybody else. Uh, has been dropped, and now in its place, he sort of has this bored, dead look in his eyes, and he's got this bored, like, this cynicism mm-hmm. where he's like, he kind of squints when he says everything now and looks vaguely disgusted at everything. Right? Is that right? Yeah. That's the new Bashir that we have, basically, right? Vaguely disgusted by everything, Bashir. Basically, yeah. yeah. Yes, he's like, he's he's like, my new character is that I have no characteristic that anyone likes in anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dour, pessimistic know-it-all. <laughs> yeah, it's fine for this episode, because he doesn't really have a whole lot to do sure. for big character moments. Mm-hmm. I think we've... <laughs> We've remarked before about how Avery Brooks is just so great at listening and doing that in the background. And, mm-hmm. um, Bashir doesn't do that as much, <laughs> but you know he's worked on his dour yeah. face. You could like first off, I think my my only note about this first scene, all the way from the cold open, is that it, it's almost a, a moving tribute to classic. Star Trek stiff acting. Yeah. It is like they're putting on a, a classic Trek clinic of stiff ass acting. But Cisco, even in that, you see that Cisco, Avery Brooks is just better at existing uh-huh. yeah, yeah. In, in roles than a lot of. Yeah, it's, uh, so, like, where, you know, like Michael Dorn or, or Jed Z is not that. Not that, no. not that like not that can't exist in a realm where they, like they 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 have to like be more animated to have character and yeah so it was a uh, it was very yeah I, that's gonna lead I'm gonna build up to a whole question I asked at the end but the stiffness in the scene I felt was noteworthy right but it was a lot of stuff there was a lot of space information that had to be conveyed mm-hmm. so there wasn't a lot of time for character and I do think that it's set up a dichotomy well of this as like a war show where they're the grunts that are out in the shit Mm. and she comes back and then Cisco's like the brass behind the desk and she's like what the fuck are you doing and we need to take the fight to the enemy and he's all yeah I know we do and I have we're taking back Deep Space Nine and then you know and then it turns to space friends and the grunts are hanging out and having their banter and Garrick is all freaking out because he's got a wire in his head he thinks that Starfleet put there because, you know, he's a Cardassian. And, of course, he would put a probe in their head, and he had one. It makes you wonder, though, like, 
you know, like you're as a, as a viewer, you're like, well, are they doing? Is that like a? Do I need to? Do I need to write that down? Do I need to flag that? <laughs> and I did, and it never. I mean, the spoilers alert for the next episode. They don't. Uh, the <laughs> no neural transponder. The, the they put a thing in my head. The Federation put a thing in my head. Right. Well, I was like, maybe that is a thing that I should flag. And then it 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 was just it was it was Garrett color. Yeah, I just so I was like, oh, look, a subtle throwback callback to the wire because. He had that thing in his head from the Obsidian Order. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's probably what it was. But, like, I don't remember it coming back into the plot line. But it definitely doesn't for this two-part yeah, episode. Yeah, right, right, right. And then, like, this Admiral Edward James Olmos crater face guy is like, we got to protect the Earth. Yeah. And then Cisco is like, well, look, the Dominion knows what's up. The fight will be at Deep Space Nine because... The wormhole is there, so don't worry about Earth. Yeah, that scene with uh, Crater Face, uh, his name is Admiral Coburn, because um, that scene was uh, inspired by the movie Midway, and James Coburn's character makes a similar point about leaving Hawaii unattended. Oh, of course, it had to be based on an old Western or World <laughs> uh, War II oh, movie. Oh, but not, but not, no, the next two episodes are based on the Guns of Navarone. Oh, of course they are, because <clears throat> what Western is this one based on? Yeah, so awesome. Guys still uh still still love that, but yeah. Yeah, and then we're done with Starbase three seven five and we go back to Deep Space Nine where the bulk of this episode takes place. Is that right? I mean I yeah, yeah. There's uh there's a decided point where it shifts back over yeah, yeah. to Ham Sandwich. God. He says something emphatically once this episode and and I was almost blown away by it. It's like he, I'm, I'm wondering if he took a caffeine pills or uppers or something. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be like a, like a, one of those really long uh, James Murphy's bands, Death from Above oh, Records. Oh, uh, LCD oh, Sound. LCD Sound says, it's yes. like one of the really long LCD Sound System songs that's really repetitive, but in, but in minute six, it really kicks, <laughs> right. it kicks the shit out, like... Like I wonder, like if uh, if if maybe Ham Sandwich has given one of those kind of performances. <laughs> Just stay with it. Just stay. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a Tilda Swinton performance. Just follow her. She'll make. She'll. It's gonna reward. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, don't hold your breath. No, I know. No, I know. Uh, yeah. So Quark and Morn are. Uh, it's Morn's mom's birthday, and he doesn't want to come home. That comes up later. Fend of the pod, Morn. Yes. And then Kira, it's nice in this episode that Kira is not having any of Odo's shit because Quark is like, maybe Odo will help us, and she's he's like, fuck him. Yes, I yes, I she feels similarly to Odo as I do, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then she's like, so. well, fuck this, we're gonna go talk to Odo, and she goes over there to his quarters. It's sort of glorious how heated she gets sometimes in this episode, <laughs> right? And yeah. then they get to his quarters, and there's the Jemadar soldier, and then not Creed from the office. <laughs> At first, I thought, is that Creed from the office? But no, it's not. Some old guy that was in some old movies. I looked him up, but it's not him. But he's like, anyways, no, you can't go inside. Uh, there's a tie on the door, and Odo's been fucking <laughs> for three days, and it, and he it did. smells he, awful. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, so I'm going to ask. This and question. he doesn't want to see anybody. No, you don't want to go in there. <laughs> Do you have any idea of what you three did, days? Yeah. Of Changeling sex <laughs> smells like it's sex. awful. Uh, like the Bajorans not get to uh, like. I mean, is she not the head of the Bajorans? That's what I wondered because she because Demar like was bossing her around about some shipments, yeah. and she's like, "I'll get around to." It. He's like, "No, you'll do that shit now." 
And I was and that might be fine with the yeah. But what yeah, I don't sorry. understand that's like I thought when well when when the Federation was sharing the responsibilities on the ship, like the only person that could boss around Kira was Cisco. Because she was yeah. legitimately second in command. Right. Now it seems that she can be bossed around by the Mar? Yeah. And maybe. and the Bajuran officer at the door to... to well, that guy's like, Odo security officer, right? It's Odo security. Doesn't matter. She's over him. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but the Jemadar are over yeah, her. Yeah, but that, then she should <sighs> yeah. make it... She should push it to that point. Yeah, she didn't want to pull rank for, for story reasons, obviously. She didn't want to pull rank for story reasons, but... I just, it seems like, it, it seems like that guy wouldn't be as... <laughs> it's probably cheaper to do the Bajoran nose putty on one guy than to pay for a whole other Jim Hadar makeup It's just set. weird. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to let it go. That's fair. Doing, this episode's doing a lot of things. I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> right. But it, it was something that I noticed. I was like, does she not have, like, she can at least boss these guys around, right? Maybe. I mean, but there's a Jim Hadar and a Bajoran, so what are you going to do? That's what he's saying, James, is that even if she could pull rank on the Bajoran, the B- Jim Hadar would stop I get that, his but ass. the Bajoran's the one that's talking to her like all sassy Be- he's not he's trying to help her out he's like my colleague takes his job like he's exasperated my colleague takes his job really seriously please just leave <laughs> like don't <laughs> right. don't 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 make it a thing major please <laughs> right. there's a founder in there the bed squeaking for three days it's really gross so just, I, just I, I yeah i get yeah, i just i wish i think it was uh i don't know i thought it was you wish uh, it was, it was weird to me. Yeah, <laughs> sure, so, sure. I, I wish it was different right but then <laughs> We cut to the bedroom where they're sitting on the edge of the bed like something just happened and she's, is this how all solids show? That is how the solids experience intimacy. intimacy. And he's on well, hashtag. Not all solids. Is that how you fuck? It's how uh, humans and Bajorans <laughs> do the nasty. And she's like, do you do this often? <laughs> and he's like, well, not, not that much, but uh, it's been a while. And she's all, well, you want to do this to Kira, don't you? And he's like, shut up. This oh my God. Over. Everything about that scene was weird and <laughs> sure. it, it, weird. It was weird. But, you know, I, I like weird in my alien in your pillow stuff. In your pillow talk, you yeah, like your weirdness. Yeah. I mean, it, alien should be weird. The, here's the thing. They, that is, it's weird that two aliens who all they do, all they ever talk about is how great the great fucking Link is, right? And how solids are just fucked up can't do you know they don't understand shit right for them to like do solid shit when they don't have to is a little bit weird i guess <laughs> well, you know they've mostly been joining like the link way but then it was she's literally like, a physical copulation oh yeah oh yeah that where one was she yeah. made us she made a goo vagina and he made a goo penis or other way and... around let's not assume <laughs> oh sure well <laughs> that is true that's not. <laughs> that, right. that gives Odo some character that's more interesting than what they're doing. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's like, have you ever been a rock, but have you like really ever been a cock? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to learn how to really be other things. And I can't tell Major Kira that I'm into butt stuff. <laughs> but. And she's like, well, it's so much better like to do it the Changeling style and goose sex. And it's like, well... I've been a solid long enough, a long time, that I've learned how to get off with, you know, my solid self <laughs> with not goo stuff. And she's all, oh, that's weird. And he's, uh, I don't want to talk about it, okay, Mom? 
I don't know. I mean, they've had a lot of discussions, all these scenes about what it is to be a changeling and what sets them apart from the solids is be able to assume a multiple of perspectives and to basically be like fluid in how you see things. You're fluid and solids are stuck and they're one solid stuck way of seeing things. And in that way, I that respect, I get what they're doing with the dialogue with Odo and the founder, you know, and then later they have the scene where they're looking over the promenade and he's like, they look like ants, basically. So I get that they're trying to establish what the difference between changelings and solids are. So that's a lot of whether, whether or not they pull it off perfectly. I mean, maybe not, but doing work to set how of changeling set views the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess my the way I view all of this is a continuation of the way I felt with it last week is that any way you cut it, what they're doing needs to be important to Odo over for the next two years because you're giving him this... You, you're doing a lot of work here. Right. Uh, I don't like... I don't particularly like it. I don't particularly think that it comes with any out, out of anything i don't think you know i i listen last week <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. absolutely nothing's changed i plan i i fully plan on pre-scheduling a like a, a like a finishing conclusing rant next week but right here i'll just i mean i just it's a lot of work uh and i know that you're supposed to look at it as a basic catfishing plot right uh i don't no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm I, not sure that I do. Then what's she, the point of the way you and scene at the end? That's I get that's, that she shoots him down, and I get that, but I, that's introduced to introduce the concept of that he's being catfished. Not, no, he's being not catfished in the sense that they're trying to like fool him. She's really. They're trying to neutralize him, which is the, the no, term that she really, uses. She wants to bring him back into, like, like you know, the spy who came no in doubt. from the cold. No she doubt. wants to bring him back. No. She says, you know, having him rejoin the Great Link, I guess what my exception is, is I take exception to the term catfishing, which means that you're trying to pull a bait and switch, which I think that they're just trying to, she's just trying to manipulate him to, to be on her, their side, like, pure and simple you don't you don't think when she was on the ship going to ds9 last episode you don't think she looked at her assistant while putting on some lipstick i'm gonna have to fuck this boy ain't i (laughs) (laughs) yeah but to get what what she wants she's like i want him back in the great link that means more than the whole alpha quadrant right right. i feel like in a way odo believe it or not did they ever put that to him face that launched a thousand ships james Believe it or not, <laughs> right? That's the whole deal. I think that's well. Why did then that was the instant thing is that uh, what didn't that that would have made it way you would say then well why don't why don't we just take him and go home because he has like, to be he has to do it for of his own free will right exactly that's the whole she point she fucks that up then she fucks that up she's what? trying to she's trying to bend his will but it you know. Then why does she? But um, you know, his love for Kira just is too strong. It seems like you would write the scenes different then, because then it seems like you would write the scenes then as saying oh, that it uh, seems like it would be written better. Is that what you're? I was like, yeah, a hundred percent different because yeah. she keeps like when she says we're gonna have to break these fuckers. Yeah. Like it seems like she's smart enough to. It seems like she's smart. That is she dumb? No, she's not dumb. But I mean, that was a mistake that on her. That part. was a mistake on her. Absolutely. Yes. Because she realized yeah, she slipped. Because she's up. like, whoa, wait, well, those are just yeah. the words. It's just not precise. I was wrong. Because mm-hmm. so she just... wants to be able to, to goo wash his brain to where he sees the whole 
perspective and yes, get her on right. her side. So but. she's a smart person who made a, a bad mistake in going too far for how she talks about what she's doing. One would expect that maybe she would uh, learn from that mistake and not do it again, like in, like maybe another episode. <laughs> no, I don't I think don't it was a mistake. Know. As in, as in, like, oh, I, I literally am not good with words. I think it was gaslighting. Like, oh fuck, words. These solid words are fucking me up, babe. You, you know, yeah. it's no. the words' fault, <laughs> not what the uh, what I said. I think I think that's what it was. Yeah, and right, it is right. like when, you, when you're when you're having a manipula a long term manipulation, you do have to <laughs> write the. Yeah, you do have to write the character to slip up a lot, right? Yeah, so yeah, I agree. But it's what, like at this point, it's clear where it's going, mm-hmm. and and he seems so fucking beta weak to it. And I don't know, I don't know. It seems to me that you're either going to write him to where you have to spend this much time learning about like the wonders of goo life. That's either going to move him away, or it's going to mean nothing to him. And it feels like that was weird. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, like the second time I watched this, I just stopped to really kind of think about his character and what it's trying to do. Is like, well, changelings are not made to be singular, and so that right, mm-hmm. and that's what was so tough for him. She says that. I I get that. Right. right. Yes, I yeah. do too. Where you would go with a plot line like that would be that this would be a sad uh, exit of, of, of our f- space friend Odo off the show. And that would be sad. But, I mean, I don't want to get rid of Odo. As much as I might say the character is underserved. Then maybe you shouldn't write a plot point where he, where he looks increasingly dumb and weak-willed. I get that it's like he learns all of this stuff that he needs to, that they're not made to be around solid people and all of this stuff. But he, newsflash, he stays on the show. Yeah, I know. But the whole thing is that he's different because what he's learned from the solids, it's had a huge effect on him. And so he's different than the rest of them. I wouldn't want for them to just say, oh, he's just like all the other changelings. It would be nice to, like, you could you could take him out of the show for a while, bring him back to the other season seven. But why? I mean, the turn it, of the tide. The tension between him and the rest of the changelings, like, I think could work. He's got a huge desire to go back to his people, but also the people that his family that he has, he doesn't want to reject them. And that tension could really work. I mean, could it be done better? Oh, for sure. But, you know, I still like that it's there. I don't want to get rid of the character entirely and not deal with it. I don't know. It seems to me a little late in the game to be given him this kind of, like, rookie... I mean, these are kind of like, you got to pick your, you know, hey, hey, young blood, hey, new fish, you got to pick your, which, uh, you know, which prison gang you're going to join. Like, that's that's early on stuff. It seems like by this point he should have... A strong enough constitution, like Rom, like you know, he should be strong, like Rom. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, this episode for me, like the the whole series, Odo's basically been an emo teenager. You know, n- nobody understands me, and he's been pretty good at being that for the most part. And in this episode, I mean. Looking at him as a horny teenager, this is like the first time he's gotten laid. 
or, you know, he's figured out masturbation or whatever. And he's been locked inside his room for three days and it's just really gotten away from him. He doesn't know what's up. It, it scrambled his brain. She's, he's not thinking right. <laughs> he's figured out the wonders of his body or whatever. And it, all of a sudden he realizes that he missed his big old, his big test. I lost track I, of time. Oh no. <laughs> it's not perfect, but part of me sees it through that. It room. is interesting. It is interesting to me that you have enough, if you have enough characters on a show. You'll fuck up and do one of them right because that seems to be what they did with Rom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like it seems like they've just accidentally made this as. I mean, I don't know. Like, no, it, he's the only one at this point that's wishy washy about this bullshit. Like, it, because it's a war, because you're at this like very like a uh, you know galvanizing point. This the, at this at the end mm-hmm. time that uh, they fucking quote Tennyson. The, the title quotes Virgil. Like, you're at these moments where po- war poetry is made, and they're obviously trying to ape that. And then everyone on down is so driven. You know, like that scene with Martok and, and, and Worf, where he's like, you know, I need to go convince Galron. Galron's like, that's why I'm going and why you're going. And he's like, well, he wouldn't like me. And he's like, but this is the time. The, the, the fact that you're willing to go for him shows how motivated and desperate you are. The scene with Rom, where they're like, we just want to, you know, we're, uh, Lita, who understands because she's not in the pot of this and she's in this new love, is like, I just want Rom home with me. And Warcorf just wants to save his brother. And Rom's like, no, goddammit, we're taking down this fucking array. The, the stakes are high. Right. And Kira is like that. And Dax is like that. And Jake Sisko, who, like, finds, like, who saves the day and finds a back channel to all of this. Like, um, Bashir, I guess, mm-hmm. is doing this if if we t- if they gave him enough screen time. <laughs> and O'Brien yeah. is jolly about his way. So all of these things are are happening. Everybody is dedicated to this. Uh, Ducat and and, and mm-hmm. Dumar and and Wayud or Wayud quixotically are all dedicated to this. The only people that aren't are Zial and Lita and 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 Odo. Uh-huh. And I don't think that that's interesting. That Odo. Okay. Well. Okay. Here's here's maybe I got to what is going on here with it and why it doesn't drive me as crazy as it does you. Perhaps you're a person that. R- and and it's commendable, but you really hate any kind of scent of both sides ism, like any centrist. I can see both perspectives here, especially with you know space Nazis. That that's the right call. And Odo seems to me is the character that they're really trying to sell that perspective of the person that can see and even relate to both sides. I mean, even if one is obviously the wrong side, but. Even if they were going to do that, it drives me crazy because I, but, but when there is a time for that stuff Mm -hmm. and that time is not when the, the minefield is about to get exploded. There is a time, that time is for when tensions are not that high, but like, I know that it's comic of, of radicals to say that it's time to make a choice is what they say, but like. This literally is time to make a choice. <laughs> like there isn't <laughs> right, right. like another choice. It is seventy-two hours from fucking de- like from the end of the the Alpha Quad. Right. Well, he's lost and, track and of the his time, both but... Si- and his but but I get that. But his both sidesism and that's fine. And that's not a it's not a character flaw necessarily. It's a character flaw to do that at this moment. 
Yeah. It makes you, I mean, he's not, a, like, Rom explores his character on when, when the, the war's not, like, when shit's not against the fan. Right. I mean, how many times has Jed Zia quit the Federation? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. Well, I will say, the good thing about this episode is that Kira recognizes exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And she's not putting up with this shit that at I all. That I like. I like that they're not, stu- well, I like that, um, yeah, that they're not stupid enough to see this as a weakness and untrustworthiness. They wouldn't just welcome him back into the bosom of the show like nothing happened at all. And like <laughs> Gee, his actions had no consequences. They wouldn't do that mm, because they're smarter and driven. Of course, yes. He'd have to do something to earn their trust back, right? No, no, I don't even think that because I think at that point the, the fatal just... I mean, no. Like <laughs> well, they're, they're... you know, we'll talk about this next week, won't we? <laughs> yes, we will. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Good point. Uh, yes. Let's let's talk about Wei Yun in this episode. He has this great sense of aesthetics and or Okay, we have a couple we have a couple great this is something that always interests me with the Dominion as a bad guy, and I've talked about it before. I always like how they show there's more going like no matter what's going on with the Federation, the Dominion <laughs> there's a certain amount of self absorption that they have with themselves, whether <laughs> mm-hmm. the, it, it's mm-hmm. the Vorta or the Jimadar or hell the Changelings themselves. There's a sort of like they're preoccupied. How much they're preoccupied with whatever's going on with themselves is interesting to me. And this particular episode, way we focus on Wei Yun's like shortcomings as a like and as a species. As- <laughs> oh my God, you're right. There are three different species of self help novels. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's the spiritual, like, blue mind, find yourself. That's the founders. And then there's, like, the, the what is the, like, the A-Tool go on day? I'm going to start checklists and find new things. And every day I'm going to find a time for 10 minutes to right. listen to music. And that's the Vorta. And then the, then the ma- masculine <laughs> sort of, like... Uh, Mike Cernovich, <laughs> like kind of gorilla yeah. mindset shit. That's the Jimadar. You're right. Oh my god. <laughs> and so the Vorta here, we get to we get to find out a little bit of their worldview too. Like, and I love how angry he gets whenever Kira points out, well, maybe you, you know the the gods made a mistake, and yeah. gods don't make mistakes. And that flash of anger that Jeffrey comes, but that sadness that he has when he talks about, I wish he could carry a tune. Um, and then the scene about his eyesight and like that was um, it's like if if a Sharpay puppy could like just talk to you about like I was bred I was bred to look this way you have to clean the folds of my face all the time Mm -hmm. you know all these all these problems (laughs) genetic problems but I guess God doesn't make mistakes or else why would I look like this you know (laughs) yeah I mean and it gets into that kind of religious, like, if God meant man to fly, we he would have made us with wings. Right. Yeah, but then there's also this loss for wanting that. Like, um, you know, and I, I, I always tend to look at, like, if someone has a desire to learn art or something, then they have the capacity to. I mean, I know that this, we're talking about genetical engineering and stuff like that, but that's my instincts, is that that first instinct to being artistic is curiosity about artistic endeavors sure and sure. so it, it, I, I wrote this sort of flashy thing uh, to you guys on text that like uh, all closeted people and homosexuals should love Wei Yun. Um, and it seems to me what I was looking at there was I was thinking about that he's they seem it's specifically in this episode to be showing him as a man that people look at as capable but they look at him in this box as, on, as only this kind of capable 
where he sees like he 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 sees this desire for an inner life. We've seen that consistently with the way that Combs plays him as this man who's like with the either struggling for the weird like infinity pod oh, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of the Yeah. So like those kinds of things where he's a man that's searching and he has this inner life and he literally like I don't think that. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the baseball episode of the genetic board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that like he's legitimately was looking at the painting. I don't think it was like a. Oh no! It wasn't like, an act. He was very. It, it was an artifice to yeah. get to to, to 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 unman her or whatever in the scene. Like yeah, he right. was literally looking at it. He was literally looking at it afterwards. I think that he probably does like listening to music and does like doing these things, but like he he feels inadequate or he can't express it because it would be a against uh, the religion. The gods didn't make a mistake. The, the god okay. i want to feel these way i want to do these things i have these capacities but the gods uh don't make mistakes and they put me in this yeah pres- it's prescribed that i'm this way yes and so therefore they're kind of wrong in me and um and not just homosexuals but i mean like i mean i'm sure that like you know p- black teachers in the 1900s felt this way and and, and any kind of person you're where saying you're not, like any marginalized it, person that feels boxed in that's boxed in right. but not but to where that they can by, be by what they're told they're able to be but the reason why Wayne is aspirational for these people mm. is because he never transcends them. He just questions it briefly on yeah, one episode. Exactly, exactly. He's got skills, and they use them in that capacity. So, like, with women in, like, you hear about women making, like, decisions in business in the 1920s. A lot of that was, like, somebody found your your tools valuable to aid them, but you're never going to be the man you know you're never going to be the ceo but you can help me like uh hitchcock's wife who is just as great of a filmmaker as hitchcock but never directed a movie um so a lot of you know that kind of stuff i feel like that that that's expressed in way in these scenes where he he wants to express his life out of that we've already established that the the jim hadar definitely feel hemmed in by their roles in life. But again, you know, so it is. Yeah, that they have abilities that is outside yes. what is prescribed yes, for them. They have, yeah, yes, that they aren't. And I think that that, since I've been knocking the Odo shit forever, that is a thing that the writers added to this show that a lesser show wouldn't have done. They would have made the faceless villainous enemy. It would have been Starship Troopers. Oh, right. You know. It would have been the faceless enemy. It was it was a faceless, unstoppable enemy, but they don't do that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I like that, and I specifically like that with Wei Yun in this episode as being like because you feel like that if if you could wish away the founders and sort of send him through whatever North South, North Korean deprogramming camps like they have in South <laughs> Korea and China, uh-huh. if they could, he could go through that and then get rid of the founders, that Wei Yun would probably be a pretty interesting fella. You know, like he would have this an interesting character and world around him, a man of interests and with ascots and, (laughs) you know, (laughs) backstabbing people and doing business, you know, but like still like, you know, like 
he could be a David Geffen type or like sure, a, sure. Well, I don't know, like that kind of. Oh right, yeah. Then after that, they're going to execute Rom, and then they have the the high pitched sob. It's what the captioning called it. Oh yeah, that Lido was doing. Or she was clearly a. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like her. Uh, someone gave her a note to be like uh, Laura Petrie. Like Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when she said, oh, Rom. And I was like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> what? But uh, no, it's fine. Yeah, she's playing it for yucks. Yes, yes. But that scene is, I mean, literally, that scene, like, like made my, like, you know, made my balls drop. I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, Rom is pretty great in this. You don't think that this um, adds to the diluting of Quirk's character in any way, do you, by making him the good guy? No, 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 no. I think that he's doing it. I mean, Quark's always been a family guy. No, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think that he was... No, I think that he's... I think this whole arc... I, I accused him of doing character assassination before with uh, with Quark, but I, I not right, here. Right, I right. think that this is... Actually... Everything that he's doing is yes. out of his desire. He was like, I, I had a more fun and profitable business under the Federation, and my brother right. is fucked. Well, and right. I think that we've we get to see we've had episodes where we specifically see a moral center to Quark. Okay? And yes. so that's mm-hmm. what's nice about those episodes. It makes this episode make sense. Cuz we know yeah. because, yeah, he, because he he we it, where it's not so surprising that he rises to the occasion because it's always been rolling around there somewhere. So actually, I mm-hmm. I think this, the treatment of Quark at this story arc is is very well done. I think. yeah yeah totally. I yeah. mean, even when Lita's like Quark, if you save Rom, I'll I'll work for free. He's like, well, how long? He's like a year. Well, two years, and you got a deal because you know he sings that he still sees the and angle. Still in Quark, it. and I think <laughs> yeah yeah, and I think that almost that that almost gave him like a bald like like a, like I can't turn like this is an altruism. Like he gets to tell himself that even though he's there. I mean like. Right. W- I I don't think that it's poorly written that Rom would fight to the death for his brother. I think that that's a yeah. I mean, I think that that's a solid, well character element in him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. And so that that situation being so dire, yeah, put it put the onus on him. But he that he got a that he got to scan, you know. <laughs> Like that, he got the text. Big deal coming. Right. Yeah. That that works. <laughs> Big for him. deal coming with Ron, with Lita. Like, stay tuned. Like that, he get to call himself President Deals in that moment. <laughs> oh, it was what solidified it. Yeah. President Deals. <laughs> no, I'm with you there. I think Quirk is pretty great in that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then he's sitting down with Demar, who's. Getting drawings like God, oh, you're one of the good ones. Quirk, uh, credit to your race. Yeah, or... Yes. Oh, all of that yeah, stuff. Nobody who the... ever said that was racist, were they? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> credit to your race is uh, that is on the list of just you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, we've known the Cardassians are pretty. You know, they're space. Yeah, that's not a sh- yeah, that's not a shock about the Cardassians. So. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And then. Oh, Kira wants help. Uh, yeah, I guess we got to talk about Zial in this episode. Oh, 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 Zial. Oh, oh, Melanie Smith. Oh, oh, yeah, her. <laughs> My third favorite Zial. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, I mean, there's been a lot of like bad small roles. Is she the longest term worst actor on the show? Ah. Uh, I don't know, man. 
I'm sometimes sometimes I want to cut Zial some slack, the act the actress who plays her, because I I think about what's on the page and what she has to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times I like I said like on our preamble when I'm watching Preacher and I'm watching these people who are only coming in for one season and and they have bit roles and they do it like amazing work with just like some, the smallest roles, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm blown away by it and I'm thinking they're out there you know that you could you you could you could it can be done (laughs) right so i don't know i I think it's a mix of of just uh lazy writing and maybe not the best characterization yeah it's pretty inconsistent but at at the same time she doesn't have a whole lot to work with she's got to be her whole her whole character is oh daddy oh daddy or or oh kira that's like it's pretty unfortunate Oh, oh, don't forget. Oh, Oh, Garrick, yes. (laughs) Zial as a character could have been super fucking interesting. She is, uh, Mm. she's got a duality in her that is rarely explored. Yes. Uh, like criminally so to make, have somebody be a dual, dual, Uh you know, two, uh, of two races, different race species. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's barely explored. It's touched upon every once in a while. It's always there under the surface, you know. Like last week, she was talking about how everybody on Bajor would look at her and whisper and stuff. But that's not the majority of her character. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of sort of ham fisted every time. Yeah, there's no light touch about it. No, I mean it's the cod will be like, but you are a Cardassian, and then she freaks out. No, but yeah. I'm not. Sorry, I sent you a picture. <laughs> Well, this is the best thing for a podcast is when we just text each other. No, yeah, yeah, no, we <laughs> right? don't want to talk about this. What? Okay. Oh, what? what? That's um, not her. <laughs> is this from a canon film? It's her. It's her. I... All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's from something called the Baby Doll Murders. I don't know. It was literally on her IMD page. Ah, uh, <laughs> like doll. You... <laughs> that one. That one particular. Everybody, fiction. Google the Baby Doll Murders, and that's all uh, we need to say about it. All right. Anyways, uh, Quark is Quark is going to hire some Nausicans to get his brother out, and Kira's like, they're too stupid, it's not going to work, they're going to fuck things up. And uh, Damar tells Kira to go get some tamarind grain, who cares? And we get the drinking canar with Damar, you're a credit to your race, we talked about We're that. We're well beyond last week pointing out that the Damar and canar to Quark might not rhyme. That's the angry nerd corner stuff that still still pops up every okay. now and then. That I that's uh... <laughs> an approximate no, no, no. rhyme, right? Because it's, it's in whatever fucking language he's hears. Well, yeah, I okay. So, uh, I'm just that's the nerdiest of nerd corners, but nonetheless, <laughs> right? Well, um, Damar is probably the same in Cardassian, and so is Kanar is a Cardassian word. So it's probably. I guess you're right. That's probably true. Yes, they're both our Cardassian words. There you go. Answer the question. Oh, there okay. you go. <laughs> and, uh, it was dumb of me to bring we it up. We aim to please. Uh, <laughs> and then we finally go back to Starbase 375 or whatever. Oh, because uh, Jake found a way. That's right. Through Morn's present to his mom or whatever. Yes. So Worf is go- or Morn is going home, crossing Federation lines. He's taking a present to his mom that also has a message 
a detailed message for Cisco. So yes, but before it gets there, so, Martok and Worf have to run off to convince Galron before to, to join the battle. Oh yeah, there we go. Because the Klingons won't leave the homeworld undefended, and then Worf is all but Galron hates me, and then Martok is like, well, yes, but because if your great enemy and your best friend say something, then it has to be true. So the the logic behind that is that if you hate one person, you have to agree with your friend, but if you if you hate your friend, you have to agree with your enemy. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that Aaron Sorkin idea that if you know, it was always like if if someone from the Republican Party and someone from the Democratic Party said the same thing, then it must be right, right? And I think that it was like that, where if his best friend and his sworn enemy are on the same side, somebody's right. Even though, I mean, surely he realizes that Martok put him in his damn family so <laughs> right like, like uh, he's got an affinity martok isn't hiding his affinity for wharf so it's not i don't know yeah i mean it means yeah. that the klingons won't be there and they have to go after now if this show own. was made in 2018 the klingon stuff would have its own three episode like sub right right yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. do. I oh my god! Like if you could cut this fucking Odo shit out <laughs> and make it and about convincing the, t- the Klingons to get over their bullshit so they can help, yeah. that would have been so amazing. Yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, and then they get the message that the graviton beam is going to be used to destroy the self-replicating mines because Damar told Quark that while he was drunk. We get the Wayoon has bad eyesight scene when they're looking at the replicators blow up. And Dukat sees that the Federation's pulling its forces out of the Katapka system, so there's clearly a battle that's going to happen. That's a thing. And Dukat sees this and says, Damar, I have a very important job for you now that this is coming up. I need you to go deal with my domestic family bullshit. And Damar's like, what the fuck? Why do I got to do this? And he's like, I'm your boss. And you blah, blah, blah. And anyway, that leads to Kira beating the shit out of him. Real quick about the Kira beating up scene. Was that satisfying to watch? I think so. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I mean... I think it was I think it was supposed to be, right? Because Damar had been picking on Kira this entire season, right? Mhm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did like that it showed how much of a badass Kira actually is. Yes. That that's what Yeah, I mean, that's what they Are you saying it it was unbelievable? No. Uh, or... No, no, no. I I I think that that's the thing about Kira is that she should be able to do that to just about any dude Yes. That yes. she needs to because she's a trained she's a trained resistance fighter. That's not mm-hmm. like her hand to hand combat. There have been some times where I'm like, why isn't Kira smoking motherfuckers Tough. all the time? Yeah. That's like yes. so the that's fact what that I think too. Yeah. The one time that she smokes a motherfucker, I'm like, finally. You know? She, and she <laughs> right. could have killed him. Yeah. Um I mean she says that. ZL's like, did you kill him? I'm like, well I thought about it. I thought but- about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that classic two hand punch at Star Trek. <laughs> I like how I like how Ducat when finally confronts Demar. Demar's all fucked up, and, and and he's like, "What did you do to Major Kira to make <laughs> right? her fuck you? Yeah. You clearly did the were out of line with ZL, or else you wouldn't have gotten fucked up." Yeah, I mean the the constant weird quirk, and I think that it's used to great effect of the show that Ducat is. I mean, legit, I guess, in love with Kira, but to the point where his infatuation is is uh, blinded. Uh-huh. And so that he immediately just jumps down uh, Damar's throat for, for uh, clearly making a mistake. 
And that I liked it quite a bit. And I thought that was so... <laughs> I mean, it's the classic abuse, like, well, why the hell did you do that? What did you do to deserve that? <laughs> I didn't do anything to deserve it. You just beat the shit yeah, out of me, yeah. man. Yeah, I, fucking, I mean, he, except he, he did deserve it doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. An and and um, I, I do like Junker Damar. Yeah, but I mean, Ducat did jump straight to attacking the victim there because he's an yeah, asshole too. The, it, it does show an interesting wrinkle with Ducat and... Uh, and Damar is that it, there is sort of like yeah, where Damar yeah, is yeah. like, I'm the only one who fucking likes you on this whole goddamn thing. And <laughs> right. I keep talking about like what a great yes. man you are and what things do I get? Just shit this on is me. exhausting. I'm literally the only person who loves you in this world. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is why I drink, asshole. So, uh, yeah, uh, that that I liked. Um, I, I, I thought that it was, it, it, you know, the, of too much of a cool guy line where she goes, what if he comes after you is she, or what happens next? And she goes, well, that's up to him, isn't it? I like, I, I, actually, like okay. I actually like that line. Yeah, no, it's a cool, like you, it's because a cool she guy. She will it's fuck a, him up, like, but she's not even worried about it. She's like, I'll fuck yeah, him up yeah. again if I have to. <laughs> right, he right. ought to know by now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I done told him once. <laughs> I mean, that, sorry, that's a, that's a bad joke. <laughs> I mean, that joke is sexist and a, we we all know that joke. That's the, that's like the U-Haul joke. We all know that joke. <laughs> right, right. And Cisco's looking at old Bajoran text, and Admiral Ham Sandwich comes in and says, "What you're looking at?" And Cisco's like, "Well, old Bajoran text." And clearly, talking about this as the second part of a third act structure, they're setting something up because Cisco's talking about like, "When I'm retired, I will be going home to Bajor." I'm going to build a house, and it's beautiful. Eastern Province is like. Eden, it's like waterfalls on top of waterfalls. Yeah, this was a particularly important, this is a very important character moment for Cisco. Yes. Because actually, earlier, whenever in that conversation where he says, ah, the emissary is consulting this. So Admiral Ham Sandwich refers to Cisco sort of flippantly, but also sort of seriously as the emissary to his face. And Cisco like accepts it. Like it, this is not something that he he's even worried about seeming. You, you know, he's not even embarrassed by it. That's just what he is. That's how he identifies himself. And Starfleet seems to have come around a little bit too, because they're not like, "What the fuck are you doing?" As being the emissary here, they're just like they just kind of accept it here a little bit though, because he's like because he talks about move, putting this house after the war's over on Bajor, and then he's like, "Well, what if Starfleet wants you to go somewhere else?" And then that we so he is he is kind of questioning. He is kind of testing the boundaries of he's what he's building he's a bit of a file on Cisco, so that when yes, at some point he might have to put Cisco down and say, "We're a ham sandwich organization." <laughs> right, <laughs> you, your your sandwich has too much zing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? That, that's a so spicy mustard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, so he they are. You do feel that there's reaching his... Uh, yeah, and whereas in the yeah. Cisco is High episode, the guy's like, this is bullshit, what, what are you doing? Admiral Ham Sandwich is, I guess they're space aliens, maybe they tell you something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're prophecies or something. Let's set the seeds, let's set the seeds for, for us talking next week here. So let's put a pin <laughs> right, to right, come right. back to this sure. point, yes. And but Cisco is like, well, you know, I'll still be Starfleet, I'll go wherever I'm sent, but when I come home... Home will be Bajor. Mm. He's building the house. Yep. And so yeah, yeah. that's setting something well, up. Well, yeah, and just and and still the stuff with the with the prophets. Oh yes. So. Yes, that'll come up, maybe. 
And then hmm. Nog is in Ensign now. He's not a cadet anymore. And O'Brien has a little bit of like playful banter back and forth. Like, don't let it go to your head. And oh my God, they must be real desperate. Yeah, that was so a little, a- that was, and, he, it, and then he makes reference to his buddies at the academy. He can't, couldn't believe it. So we don't know exactly the nuts and bolts of Nog's promotion from or graduate not promotion just like straight up graduation right well i mean he got like a wartime commission yeah. basically I'm, I'm well or, or yeah field promotion i guess right yeah i mean it, i don't understand why they why they saved it for this moment it seems like you could do that at another time make a little bit of business out of it Right, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like perfect cold open material. Yeah, like, he was like, he's basically, his whole promotion was a, hey, hey, I gotta go change my shirt, guys. <laughs> right. And they go, oh, you know, banter, banter, banter. Yeah. It's good, good ball busting to show camaraderie. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And I mean, that's good. I'm not, that's good stuff, but yeah, it's still kind of like, hmm. Maybe, like, yeah. maybe make a show out of it. Maybe he wants that. Maybe <laughs> right? they do later. I don't know. This that's the that's the thing about this this episode and maybe the story arc is that they keep on throwing these things out and we're like, why isn't the episode about that? <laughs> like, <laughs> which is ironic because it started out as a four part series. It swelled into a seven part, six part series. So it's it is a little bit like they were putting more stuff in. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm asking for the whole episode to be Cisco looking at houses on Zillow. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, a character that we started this series at was just a little shit on the station has now become a full-fledged... The first member of his species to become a full-fledged member of Starfleet, and they kind of, like, hand-wave it. So... Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm I am I'm like why couldn't this be a a bit more of a thing? And at least the Zillow stuff <laughs> is paid off next week. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, well, uh, yeah. but the 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 field commission isn't. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, we talked about the Wayun has bad eyes, but then Ducat comes in with the black eye, and him and Demar and Ducat are talking, and Wayun's like, hey. Stop talking about your domestic shit. I got good ears. Are you talking? Did you make me sit in the corner while you talked about if your daughter loved you enough? <laughs> right? Yeah, and we also talked about the scene where Odo was like, now that I've fucked, everything looks different now, you know? Yeah. And we did blast over it real quick, but he did. they did intimate not only were they... I mean, I don't think you're supposed to be thinking they were simulated physical fucking the whole three days no but there was some definitely some sting sting type shit going on there <laughs> that some, um I, I don't i don't i don't know like yeah. <laughs> right he's uh punching on his paint <laughs> so he doesn't come <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, tantric everybody that's the thing so it seems to me that like they are <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know, but like I think pun- punching on my taint would end it one way or the other. Like I don't know if I... <laughs> well, it's not like punch it. It's actually it's like when you you have to really shove in and kind of block oh you're it. pinching off a cable <laughs> right right Damn. yeah you're kicking the you're kicking the water hose. <laughs> yeah Ugh. you're t- grabbing the hose and twisting yeah. 
It's backs up and yeah, that's what Tentric. I always is. thought it was just like a, a lot of boring foreplay for stoned people. Who? <laughs> well, that's that's. Oh, okay. There's a lot of that too. I think. But uh, when you're okay. close, that's okay. you gotta do. So then you that. have to like then you have to go get one of the like things that you put on the potato chip bag to keep it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it sounds awful to me. Um, I don't know. All right. Uh, <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But I would say that fucking a woman for three days is is. It seems to me that they would have a a a more personal relationship than they seem to have <laughs> as the episode goes on. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's just about the sex. It's not about love. It, I I guess about- not. But three days, man. That seems like <laughs> right. somebody's gonna want some cuddling or like something. I don't know. Again. Yeah, <laughs> right, or or some it or wasn't. some Gatorade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've always wondered. Does he st- like? I guess the he wasn't there, but <laughs> got to replenish those that. electrolytes, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I assume he just reabsorbs everything, like Twiggy said, through his toe or whatever. But then he sees Kira because it's all about his love and everything, and he's like, "Kira, Kira, I'm so sorry." And she's again, she's like, "Well, fuck you, man." He's like, "But," and she's like, "Well, I don't give a fuck about your dumb link, okay?" But, but I'm sorry isn't that enough like no it's not fuck off your feelings your actions have repercussions and i'm pissed she said to him some people are 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 acting the way james thinks they should (laughs) right (laughs) yeah and then so so the fleet is going on to take back deep space nine the cortez has to fall back because its rear nacelles aren't working or whatever but just a little bit of business i like that we name still name ships after uh like colonizing mass murderers (laughs) oh right oh yeah that's still fun but gotta mention coming up to replace the cortez is the Sarek. that's a Uh, thing we gotta mention right it's Sarek. it's box dad Gets a boat named after him. A man yeah. who just wanted to colonize the genocide of people. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> According to that discovery. Yeah. Just a little light genocide. They didn't you know? know that at the time. Fox dad, everybody. And then um, Julian calls Garrick a pessimist, and Garrick is like, no, I'm not a pessimist. I always try to look on the bright side. It's just reality just rubs my face in it. And Okay, all right. And then Julian goes back to be his dour pessimist. New characterization or whatever. And then Cisco ends it with... There's an old saying. Fortune favors the bold. Well, I guess we're about to find out. And then it's a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, the Tennyson quotes are not in this episode, so spoiler warning on Tennyson quotes. Oh, is that like the title of the next episode or something? Uh, no, they give the whole, like, they, they give a good chunk of Flight of the Battle of the Light Brigade or oh, whatever. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's, so a lot of the things we can't talk about because <laughs> it's all completed next week. <laughs> right, well, I feel like we talked a lot about it. Well, yeah, but, like, you, can, you know, there's no lasting conclusions. Right, yeah. right. So everybody's just kind of set up. Uh, Odo, I guess you end with this like twinge of why? Why, why would she say that to me? What are they doing? So he might uh, realize that them murdering Rom is a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> I guess um, maybe he at least feels real bad about it. But then Kira's not having any of that bullshit. So that's good. what is this articulate? What did he think he was going to say to Kira? This is what I don't understand: is what does the character think they're saying? What does he think he's saying to Kira in that scene? 
don't be mad at me. It's so cool when I fuck these goo people. I think like <laughs> I think that I think yeah. it's the typical male perspective of like I feel bad about it. Why can't that be enough to forgive me for? And it's but like because it doesn't matter how you feel. The situation, but is he still doesn't feel up. bad. He does nothing to get Rom free. He doesn't express any concern at all about the minefield or Rom or any of his space friends. That's what I'm saying. I mean. It's just like a typical douchebag male kind of navel gazing perspective of like, I've, I've even found myself in this situation. Like, I, I feel bad. I feel awful. Like, I know I fucked up. Isn't that enough? And the answer is always and rightfully, no, it's not enough. But I'm like, but no, you don't understand. If you knew what I was feeling and you could really see it from my perspective, then maybe you'd, you, you'd see why I did what I did. And then you'd understand me and, and understanding would lead to forgiveness, right? Like, no, not really. It- and the, the fact that it's still ongoing. Right, right. So, yeah, and, you know, she doesn't forgive him. Well, it's not over. That's... Like, you can't, you can't, even, like, at least uh, Mark McGuire could say, like, I'm not here to talk about the past. Like, he had stopped taking steroids as a professional capacity at that right. point. <laughs> if he's like, taking it now, that's kind of weird. <laughs> well, yeah. But even even if he's taking, I mean, if he's taking, I guess he still works in baseball, but, like, at that time, he didn't work in baseball. Yeah, so, he's a, he you know, a hitting just, coach. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's a bench coach now for the Padres. Yeah, he's he's moving on up, and yeah. I, he was kind of he was kind of really good when he was when he was with us as a coach. Um, but no, like <laughs> I don't even have an opinion. Uh, but like that, that's that it's that kind of thing where it's like uh, that you can still do something, Odo. You fucked up, but you can still do something. But it's like he's not even giving her that. He's giving her like you're not seeing my perspective, and. Like, I don't... Right, well, because he's too self-involved at this point. It's too dumb. It's too dumb. Yeah, I mean, it is dumb. He's being dumb. You're right. It's tough watching one of your space friends be dumb, James. I know it's taxing. It it, it is dumb, but it also seems uncharacteristically dumb. They could have found a way to make him characteristically dumb, I think. Sure, that's fine. That's fair. And I guess that's what I, you know... And What's weird is your badass house detective is is actually a prepubescent male who doesn't in touch with all the shit, you know. Right, right. It's... And maybe I don't know, but maybe this goes nowhere. What? And maybe like literal, like I don't know. Like that's that that's ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait for next week. Well, and beyond, but like, yeah, just... it's not <laughs> prognosis for for Odo is not good, guys. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> We don't wink, wink, know where they're going, but this is horrible. <laughs> so, uh, like, right. yes. <laughs> sure. But maybe not. But probably yes. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't know really how to tie off this episode <laughs> other than to punch myself in the with, taint. With, right. with well, one of those just, things that close a just, potato chip. Let's go with our, <laughs> we, have to go with our, we have to go with our rewatch meter real quick, guys. I got to know where you stand. Let's start with it's Wade time put, this week. It's time to punch this episode in the tank. <laughs> time to, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I mean, okay. So I guess this episode, I'll probably won't watch it in one sitting. I'll probably prolong the experience by watching all three episodes of this and getting all three episodes in one long extended... <laughs> Sorry, I'm done with that metaphor just end it anyways yeah i'll probably watch all of this in the same stretch so i don't know i'll probably give it an eight okay well last week you had last week at an eight too so that that fits all right james i 
I love this episode. Uh, I mean, like ninety percent. No, let's let's be generous. Seventy percent of this episode is a hundred percent good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. Let's give it a seven. A seven for you. No, let's give it an eight. Let's give it an eight. You would give I'll this give an, an eight. eight as well. Oh, oh, yeah, like the way you. Ins- I love the way you and stuff. I love the ROM scene. Right. The ROM stuff. So the the I, the Cisco stuff. Everything in it yes. is pretty good, except for the stuff that we hate. <laughs> yeah, except for <laughs> yes. that. I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm a little bit lower than you guys. I think, I think it's pretty. This is pretty incidental for me. If I watch this accidentally, that's cool. I don't know if I'd ever. Mm. I don't know if there's anything that happens in this episode that I would like actively seek out. I would probably put it at a five. I mean, mm. I just can't imagine wanting to see maybe Demar get beat up. Yeah, Maybe. that's good. I yeah. don't know. I don't even have that much hatred for Demar because at least he's interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wish I could get like. I think we're supposed to be like, oh, I hate that guy. Oh, that Demar. But sometimes he does. Yeah. He the scenes with him and Quark are great, where he gives mm-hmm. Quark knowing looks and Quark plays him like a fiddle. I mean, I don't know. I That was actually something, and I'm, maybe I can do this later, but like, I don't want to extend this much longer. But it seems to me that sometimes when they do these epi- these big, serious episodes, like the show loses some panache or style. <sighs> That's what I was trying to go with, that everybody's kind of stiff at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like everybody's like we're doing we're doing serious stuff now. Everybody put your big boy faces on, you know, and and it and it, there's a bit of things where like the characterization gets kind of dry. Maybe and all right, and specifically like without having Dax and and O'Brien being sort of good time yuck yucks, like that takes something or out. Or even more being like, a foil for the good time yuck yucks. Yeah, but like oh, yeah. ham sand talk or just like any. What you're saying is you, yes. anybody who gives this this the scene's life and vitality aren't being featured is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like even to go back to that line where she goes, it's up to him. Like it wasn't like it, I, I said, well, that's up to him, isn't it? But it's not the line that would that has more jauntiness to it. The line is that's up to him. Like it, it just seems like everything is so grim faced in like some of these scenes. And I wonder. Well, if that it, makes yeah. it visual, I think yes. it makes it a little boring. It's a little height. It is a heightened because of the war, Ye- so it is grim. It is, it, we are in our grim dark trek. Yes, uh, <laughs> in, yes. industrial military complex trek is what we're. Yes. Yeah. Well, but All I right. do find it more enjoyable than grim dark discovery. But, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a war, <laughs> war, Wade. You got to do what's necessary in war. All right. So, what do you guys think? Okay. The good people of IMDb rated this particular episode. Seven point five. Oh, I go up over last week. I go eight point. I go eight point one. You're both wrong. Eight hundred and eighty nine votes. This is eight point six. People love this shit. Oh shit! shit. Damn, they love it. Timidity. Mm. They're in it. Mm -hmm. All right. Good for them. I mean, I like this episode, so that's good. I feel bad that I ranked it so low. <laughs> well, you're just punched in the taint, so everybody should cut you some slack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little distracted, guys. All right. So. Well, should we tell people about calling in and stuff? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do that, please. Um, give us a call at 917-408-3898. For all your thoughts about uh, why James is wrong about Odo or why James is right about Odo or something in between, anything we want to know. We just did a voicemail episode recently. We'll do more of those, I promise. 
but uh, especially if you call in, because we'd love to hear from everybody, especially new people and and all, you know, the drill. Do all the other things that every other podcast wants you to do. Um, rank and review, all that stuff. But also, uh, also, if you want to hear all sorts of other bonus podcast audio about subjects other than Deep Space Nine, even, such as uh, we did a whole thing about Nanette on Netflix. Yeah, we did good shit. We always say Dune, but Dune was the... Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. And Star Wars. We're doing a lot of explore, explorations of fandoms, it seems, and what that means and where the place of that is, yeah. Yeah, uh, something about being around all you Star Trek people this long. See, there's so many worse, more toxic fandoms out there, but no, I mean, and things that we actually are deeply interested in that might not make it to the regular podcast, you can catch there at patreon.com slash kickers of elves and yeah thanks again all right well james any last words uh no <laughs> all right all right well thanks again for listening to another episode of the rules of acquisition we hope you join us next week as we go through another episode of star trek deep space nine for wade james and myself three to beam out Nobody understands me. These guys can go to hell.